0: Doug says, I don't have the opportunity to go through a rebuild. But I'll tell you what our expectations are. Our expectations are that we're trying to win the division, and that's the best way to get into the playoffs. And then we're trying to get home field advantage (laughs) and then pursue the ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, my goodness. What a coach. So confident in his team. I love it.
0: Hello and welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. I'm Bentley Brown alongside co-host Ased. Ased, you're heading to Jacksonville soon. And uh, you said you got a pedicure today in preparation for the trip? I did get a pedicure. My
1: first one of my career. <laughs>
0: how, how was the experience? It felt pretty weird, but
1: I mean, I feel pretty good now. It's really ticklish, though. So I don't know how often I would do this, but good
0: experience. And is it a mani-pedi combo or just the pedi?
1: Just a petty. Um, I take care of my mani with my um, teeth. Oh my God. Gee, you know, groom my nails that way. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, is this a new ritual? Every time you travel to Jacksonville to see a Jaguars game, you get a pedicure?
1: Well, if they win, it will be. <laughs> Let's just say that, right? <laughs> nice. So
0: probably not. <laughs> All right, man. So as you head to Jacksonville, I'm curious, what are you expecting to find there? In a way, you've been a sort of Jaguars fan in exile for much of your life. How do you imagine the city? What awaits you in Jacksonville?
1: I don't know much about the city, to be honest. So, Kind of sad since I'm a Jags fan, but I'm just excited to see, you know, Jaguars fans around me, you know, because you don't see that here. You probably don't see that really anywhere. So just seeing people of my own in a way, you know around me. So it'll be nice to watch a Jaguars game surrounded by the little Jaguars faith, faithful there is. And yeah, we we bought tickets last night, so it's good to go. We're we're going.
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. Congrats. Uh yeah, it's funny here in Colorado, especially, you know, we we rarely come across Jaguars fans. And when we do, it's a momentous occasion. I remember seeing someone just having a Jaguars bumper sticker and freaking out. Oh yeah. And wondering where they live and how I can meet them and how I How can meet them? Creepy. That whole scenario <laughs> sounds. I was at a coffee shop working the other night, and a guy with a Jaguars mat—he like leaves the coffee shop and puts on his Jaguars mask. Wow. And I was like, "Where the hell did you get that?" I followed him out to his car, <laughs> and he—this <laughs> is already sounding bad. And he was like, "Oh, I'm a Jaguars fan. I'm from this from Jacksonville. My friend sent this to me. Da da da." And he's like, "When I first saw you falling out to my car, I was wondering." what the hell is this random guy doing following me out to my car? (laughs) Then when I saw you're a Jaguars fan, thank you. Thank you. You followed me for good reason. Yeah, I bet (laughs) it felt
1: good. Because it feels good when you see another Jaguars fan. You have that connection.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So let's talk about Jaguars fans. I'm curious, do you think that you're going to, I mean, will you wind up meeting people in Jacksonville and talking about it? Like, are you looking to meet up with anyone? Is there any way that someone can get a hold of you to hang out or something? Or what's what's the game plan?
1: If anyone's listening reach out on twitter if you want to have a beer before the game because i i don't know if they're i think they cut off the whole tailgating thing for the year if you want to have a beer you want to meet up i would love to do that so reach out on twitter that youngest said you'll find find it in the bio but that'd be great honestly to meet some other jaguars fans because i'm tired of talking to you and only you about the jaguars
0: (laughs) i can understand Another thing that Jaguars fans endured recently was the departure of Leonard Fournette last week. I think it's pretty clear after Yannick Ngakwe was traded, as well as Ronnie Harrison, that Fournette being cut was, like by and large, the most emotionally devastating of those three roster moves. And Fournette, as we discussed, was picked up by the Bucks. after which he has uh, said, <laughs> and this was unfortunately covered by all the main sports networks, for the first time in my life, I really have a quarterback, so that's an eye-opener for me. Not a lot of pressure is going to come on me. And um, I, I thought this was interesting. The Center Snapchat edition pointed out that if Fournette's saying it's the first time in his life that he's had a basically had a real quarterback, he's not just dissing Blake Bortles, Gardner Minshew, uh, even Nick Foles, He's dissing his entire like college career, high school, and Pop Warner quarterbacks. So I'm curious as to your take on this moment here. Do you think this was even out of character for Lenny? I mean, did it surprise you? How do you react to this?
1: At first, it kind of made me a little mad because everyone that trashes the Jaguars after they leave, I'm like, you know, it's like unnecessary. You don't need to. That's why Allen Robinson is one of my favorites because I feel like he didn't do so and the Jags kind of just let him slip away, but I also think he was just kind of, it was in a playful way that he said it, like not not so serious, you know, and I mean, we can attest to saying he wasn't completely lying if he was just talking about the Jaguars, right, I think it was kind of playful, I'm over it, and I mean, he had a good run here, he went to the AFC Championship, but he is right, I mean, he did play against loaded boxes, and it was all on him, like he had to carry the load, and the pass game didn't open up the run game. The run game would open up the pass game. So I kind of get it, but what do you think? How'd you see it?
0: I'm wondering how Gardner Minshew reacts to this, because he's the current quarterback and the most recent one of the Jaguar uh, that Leonard played with the, the Jaguars. Uh, it's kind of in line with Leonard asking for the Jaguars looking to signing Cam Newton, which of course, like sports networks, jumped on that as as a bit of drama. Um And Leonard, I think I think he explained later that, I mean, you know, yeah, he's not asking for Gardner to be eradicated for the from the team or anything. He just thinks that adding Cam Newton's a nice move <laughs> in general, you know. Um, So I don't know. But I'm curious how Gardner Minshew would react to this.
1: Yeah, I honestly think he probably didn't even care. They played together one year, you know, and not even all of the year. And I honestly don't even think if it was supposed to be aimed towards somebody, it was aimed towards him. Probably towards Blake Bortles, if anyone.
0: It could have just been praise for Tom Brady.
1: That that as well. That's why I felt like it was a
0: little more playful. Are you still a Leonard Fournette fan?
1: I am a Leonard Fournette fan, and I do want to see him do well. We'll see what he does there. I mean, he had good years in Jacksonville. Maybe he he might not even like it, because what if he doesn't get the ball very much? There's three backs over there. They're going to be splitting a lot of carries. And they have a Hall of Fame quarterback and two superstar receivers. Maybe he might get sick of it and say, "Hey, like I want the ball more. This kind of sucks. I miss it in Jacksonville."
0: He's got big stakes ahead of him. It's it's really uh, make or break. You know, he's got a, he's got a, he, a lot to lose theoretically or a lot to gain. There's a lot of excitement about Fournette being around. I don't know if you've seen the like Tom Brady Leonard Fournette picture, like like the with the caption "Such a cute couple." I did. I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's got he's got a there's a lot of hype around him and I think he I think it reflects how much he's respected as a football player. Uh, we're we're kind of critical sometimes just because we took him early in the first round, and uh, you know we're always comparing him to Christian McCaffrey as well as to the league's uh, other elite running backs with these really high expectations. But if you take away that context, I mean the guy's a, a super impressive player. So I think Bucks fans are justifiably excited for Leonard Fournette to be a part of their team, but it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out. Um, you know, can he avoid being injured? And then how does he fit into a roster that already has a pretty heavy running back core?
1: Agreed. Yeah. So
0: Leonard's, Leonard's not the only person that had some interesting quotes this week. <laughs> uh, Doug Marone <laughs> was quoted in a press conference saying that I think this team can be special. Um, he says, that's what I feel. That's what we've put together. All right, and, and I think this is all in the context of the Jaguars, speaking of stakes, being accused of dumping all their talent in an attempt to tank to get Trevor Lawrence or similar uh, early in the first round of the next year's NFL draft. Doug says, I don't have the opportunity to go through a rebuild. We all know that. That's being realistic. We've got to go out there and win games. And I'm confident this football team will be able to do that. (laughs) All right. Uh, Then he also adds, uh, to get asked questions about predictions and other stuff is a very difficult position to be in. But I'll tell you what our expectations are. Our expectations are that we're trying to win the division. And that's the best way to get into the playoffs. And then we're trying to get home field advantage and then pursue the ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What a coach. So confident in his team. Yeah. I love
0: it. Yeah. Then he'd probably probably add that in the Super Bowl, he's going to try to win, you know, three quarters.
1: (laughs) It's all about the quarters, though, you know? The first quarter starts this week,
0: you know? (laughs) It does. It does. So how do you react to that? Do you think that Doug coming out and saying these things, I mean, he he also did, he kind of like directly admitted that his job is on the line. Do you believe that? And we had kind of a conspiracy theory in our last episode that he might have a green light to stick around. It just depends on how the season goes relatively. Or do you think that he really believes this? I mean, do you think that he's, you know, he's got his sights set on the playoffs this year and that they made some roster adjustments that will help him do that?
1: I mean, what kind of coach would you be if you didn't have your sights set on the playoffs, you know? But you kind of did change my mind last week by saying, You know, maybe he does have the green light and they're going to let him stay regardless. So he's going to shake things up. So say upstairs, you know, they already know what's going to happen. We're tanking, right? And they know they're not going to fire Doug Marone, even if they tank. So he's just going to say these things to make the fans feel better, to let the media know, you know, they're not tanking. But they could still very well be tanking, right? And he'll he'll still have his job. But he's going to say, oh, I'm fighting for my job. I don't know if he necessarily is, but... Some of the players on the roster, a thousand percent are. So you can't get them to tank. That's a great point, so we'll see. I don't know He's very optimistic, though. I'll give him that,
0: yeah, and i w- I want to qualify it, too. I mean, I think I think it's very relative. you know, I like think if they go through a season that where they they did the best with what they have, but they still do terrible and get the first pick, Doug Marone stays. I think if they if they if there's issues in the locker room, especially, um, or if or if there's obvious coaching shortcomings, even within the context of, you could argue the depleted roster that they have, I think Doug Marone could go. But I just, my point is that like it's not like a default thing. Doug, Mar- I mean, some people are out here saying, "Oh, Doug Marone's just sort of a placeholder until Jay Gruden gets promoted to head coach, week six or something."
1: Could all be true. Never know.
0: You mentioned the the players having their own stakes. I mean theoretically, we can't really imagine any players that would be playing to lose. And a couple come to mind on the offense very strongly. One is DJ Chark, who uh, after a sort of so-so rookie season really broke out last year in a second season, and people have, again, the hopes that he can uh, return to the Pro Bowl and be an elite receiver. The other one, Gardner Minshew, also in the overachieving category, like immensely, like maybe the definition of... Overachieving. Um, but people love him and they have high expectations for him. And being named a starting NFL quarterback, you you're expected to lead your team to victory. So, how do you how do you think these two players are approaching things, particularly Minshew? Because if Minshew performs well, then the Jaguars theoretically should win, but this would knock them out of the whole tank for Trevor discussion. How? What does this season look like for, for Gardner and for DJ Chart?
1: I mean, it's pretty simple, right? He was drafted in the sixth round. Was it sixth round or fifth round? Who cares? He was drafted late. He's a guy with a chip on his shoulder. And these guys hear the chatter from national media, from local media, record predictions saying we're going to win two games, saying this team is absolutely tanking. How do you think that makes the starting quarterback of a team feel? when all he's hearing is hey we're tanking for trevor lawrence who's supposed to be the next big thing this is gonna put a bigger chip on gardner mitchell's uh, shoulder he's gonna play his ass off this year to keep his job and i think dj chark and him are very i get the feeling that they're close you know like texting buddies like hey man like we need to get the job done me and you like if if all else fails me and, me and you are gonna carry us you know I think he's gonna really play his ass off, and I really think Charcoal too, because I just think people are just looking over them, which is fair. But they're saying we're we are not a two win team. We're not just nobody. They're playing to win. They're they're not tanking, and they know they're playing for their jobs. They're playing for contracts. And for Minshew, I mean, if he loses a starting job this year, that could be it for his career. Like he will. He might not ever be a starter again. So this is the time is now for him.
0: So essentially they have no interest in tanking. In fact, they if they I mean their ideal scenario is that the offense and of course the defense as well all gelled together this year. That they put together some great team chemistry and then and make a playoff run. But how does that work with the overall 53 man roster when you look at the cuts the Jaguars have made recently and you look at the roster that they've built how how do you look at the team as a whole?
1: I think it's a it's a lot of young guys trying to battle for a position and a chance to play the game. like we just talked about um is his name Josh Jones?
0: Josh Jones, yeah, yeah, the safety who uh, theoretically this is the reason why Ronnie Harrison was traded away is that Josh Jones beat him out in training camp. You,
1: you don't think that guy has a chip on his shoulder. he he played his ass off. he wants to play. and once he gets that starting job, you think he wants to give it up ever? He doesn't want to go through that crap again. And there's a lot of guys like that like that on the roster. They're playing so they can keep playing football. It's not just about this year or this team. It's about people seeing them play and produce well. So it goes back to that thing. Everyone hears the chatter about the Jaguars. And it always puts a a chip on a team's shoulder when they're projected to be like that bad. Especially this team. It's just a bunch of guys, right? I I really think this team is going to put the effort in at least. And I'm saying that right now and I, I hope I don't regret
0: saying it. Particularly looking at running back, we let Lenny go last week, um, and, and and apparently this is a move that has on the field benefits, whether or not we really buy that as like the primary reason. But you can definitely see Leonard, who's a running back, taking uh, a really heavy load of not just handoffs, but uh, what he had, like 76 receptions last year. I mean, the Jaguars just really relied on him super heavily. That we're moving towards us running back by committee form. Um, Jay Gruden, I had worked with Chris Thompson before, with uh, from the Washington football team, uh, who correct me if I'm wrong, is known more of like a third third down back uh, and and a and a really heavy receiving back, similar to the role Leonard Fournette played last year. But with Lenny gone, we also had this ironic news this week that Armstead might be out. That Raquel Armstead might be out like for a while. And the Jaguars named rookie James Robinson, the starter this week. What's your reaction to the running back situation? It just seems really in flux.
1: This is uh, maybe a reach, but I think the future of the NFL is going to go to this whole running back by committee thing. Eventually. I mean, obviously we know like running backs aren't valued very much and people don't want to pay them. So why not grab a couple, you know, average guys or just young guys and throw them in, right? Like Robinson, they think is the best runner, like an actual running back. Chris Thompson's a great pass catcher. They think Rock Armstead can be a great pass catcher. And they all do different things. And when they're on the field, they're not tired, and they can give it their all when they're on. And then that gives them an opportunity to play more as well because the better they do, the more touches they'll get. So it's a lot of motivation for them. And I honestly think this is... This is a lot better of a way for the Jaguars to go, you know, try to develop into a passing team. If it doesn't work this year, you know, keep going down that route and do this running back by committee thing. I like it. And we'll see how Robinson is. It's a good chance to see what a young back that we don't know much about
0: can do. How do you approach our defense this year? I mean, do you think that we we've gone from elite defense talk, I guess, as recently as two years ago to now a much younger roster still with the legacy or the nostalgia of that elite defense recently but do you think our defense is ready to professionally compete this year
1: on paper they're the worst defense in the nfl Uh, and that the secondary i mean it could get ugly fast back there because you got you got a lot of young guys a lot of young guys i mean cj henderson's a rookie trey herndon just started playing and he's then you know those two are going to be our corners and then the safeties we already talked about josh jones we'll see what he can do because we haven't even seen it and we talked about last week how this training camp thing is not the same as real live action football and then jared wilson who i mean he was decent he's he's an okay safety we got to see if he can take the next step but it can get ugly fast like there's teams that can put up numbers on us and we'll find out very quickly maybe even week one if these guys are locked in as a unit because defense is a it's a team thing you know the pass rush helps out the secondary secondary helps out the pass rush. So let's see if they come together as a unit to play. Well, I don't really have high hopes for them though. I'm really worried about the defense, if anything, and not as much about the offense.
0: What about our strategy at linebacker? I mean, there's been talk about kill Chason's role as sort of linebacker versus defensive end, um, how he'll be used alongside Josh Allen, whether or not we'd be doing three, four or four, three defense. I feel like they've flipped. I feel like, uh, uh, Walsh has gone back. F- Walsh? Wa- I can't even remember this guy's name.
1: <laughs> Walsh, I always think it's Walsh too. Walsh I don't too. know why. I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: hate this guy. I can't remember his name. All right, so Todd Walsh <laughs> has this whole thing about, I think, he's, I think Todd Walsh has flipped back and forth between the whole strategy. And we also have Miles Jack moving uh, away from middle linebacker now that we have Joe Schobert. Sherbert. Linebackers, do they seem strong?
1: I like the linebacking crew. I mean, it depends on how Miles Jack's, jack plays so you know he's had a few off years so we need to see him get back into mild jack mode even in 2017 i didn't think he was like exceptional or anything i think showbert's a a really really good middle linebacker so he'll help out a lot the key is you stop the run on early downs and force third third and passing situations and hope these studs that we have pass rushing can get there and you have to give these guys a chance to be great josh allen and chason you know and if they have a chance to be great i think they will be but it's all about forcing third and passing situations and it's going to come down to that which also comes from stopping the run which has been the problem for a couple of years now it's been really bad so if we could stop the run i think we'll have a chance and it'll you know take some pressure off of the secondary as well
0: looking forward to the next to the first game uh jaguars playing the indianapolis colts Philip Rivers returning in a different uniform to the bank, and you'll be there. How do you imagine the game's going to play out? What's the what's the story here? <laughs> do, do the Colts get up ahead early, and then we we really can't catch up, catch up? Uh, are both teams rusty? Is it is it uh, kind of uh, it's going to be a surprise who jumps out first? Do you think the Jaguars have a chance? I mean, to me, honestly, I'm afraid that we're not even like professionally prepared to play in the NFL this season. How do you, how do you see the story unwinding on Sunday?
1: Well, I'll tell you what the sports books aren't giving us a chance at all. We are heavy underdogs, which is why I will be betting on the Jaguars before I leave our gambling <laughs> state of Colorado. But yeah, you're right. I I don't know the product that's going to be put on the field, but I do know one thing. I think the Colts will be prepared going into Week One, and I don't think the Jaguars will be because I know Frank Reich will have them right ready to play. And you know what that offensive line does. If they start pounding it on us on the ground, it'll get ugly. and It'll get ugly fast. You don't want to play catch up. And I don't want to make Gardner do that. I think in the first quarter, honestly, we're, we're going to get a re- real good feel of this game and see if we can actually compete. But if it's like a 14-0 first quarter, I wouldn't expect any kind of comeback.
0: It sounds like you're going to have to get a, a lot of your trash talking out early in the game. Maybe even before. Yeah, Definitely. most definitely but i we're gonna win
1: this game on sunday what we're we're gonna i have that you know that um that new season hope Uh i'm starting to feel that that optimism doesn't last very long but it always comes into play in week one because it's a new season you never know
0: let's build an optimism that's what i'm asking how how do we win it
1: you score early you you, you have to take a lead if it's 7-0 let it be 7-0 and like I said, it it starts with that pass rush. I think that's what'll really help us win this game. If I can see that pass rush is producing, and the offense is actually you know moving the chains, which wasn't really a problem last year, like it was in the Blake Bortles days, you know, because I kind of trusted Gardner. I think that's the key: pass rush and let Gardner be great. Just you know, open up the playbook for him, and we don't have to worry about Fournette anymore. Remember we were talking about last year how. They didn't open up the whole playbook. It was still all about Leonard Fournette. This year, I think they are they can just go out and play free because they're already expected to lose, you know? Ooh, so why
0: yeah, not? that's a good... Risk at all. That's a good argument, man.
1: I've felt some sense of confidence in the offensive line from what I've been hearing from the local media and coach and stuff,
0: which, you know, they say this kind of stuff every year, but I, I have a feeling the O-line will be a little better. It's weird. Uh, our o- offensive line hasn't really changed. And we diss the offensive line as fans all the time. And the Jaguars (laughs) coaching staff praises or at least defends the offensive line all the time. (laughs) So it's kind of funny in a season where we have so much flux and different players being cut and added and rookies and undrafted rookies and all this stuff that the offensive line actually is going to be the most consistent position unit on the field in some ways. I mean, maybe our receiving core has some big additions, but it's, it's, you know, relatively solid and consistent. It'll be interesting to see how that offensive line actually performs on Sunday.
1: I'm excited for the receivers. As you mentioned that, cause there's, we have so many, I think that's why I think we'll just start throwing the ball when they get tired, bring them, take them out. You got a whole new crew in there and they'll be ready to go. I think they trust uh, putting Colin Johnson and Chanel. in. I really do. I think they will be using them.
0: Oof, I always uh, go back to the first time I saw Chanel play, dude. Uh, why? Why haven't I not heard, Why had I not heard about this player before? He's a
1: beast. I think. I hope we use him. Yeah, yeah he's special. Um, okay,
0: fantasy. So, are we winning?
1: Before we go to fantasy, Ooh. are we winning on Sunday?
0: Uh, well, I, I think this is going to fantasy. <laughs> if you think that we're going to win, <laughs> the COVID nineteen altered off season, and particularly the lack of preseason games to where you see how you match up against your peers means that the teams that already have a good system of discipline and high standards are going to come out the winners and the ones that don't necessarily have that like us (laughs) in our recent (laughs) history i think it's actually going to widen the gap rather than close it fair enough yeah i agree with that part i want to give you a winning scenario though my winning scenario is that it's just one of those games where some good fortune goes our way probably in the form of special teams things like fumbling the, the colts fumbling kickoffs or punts um and we recover and are able to capitalize i like Minshew's ability to lead the team to capitalize on turnovers uh it, it i don't know if statistically how he matches up to blake bortles but i feel like if you know, if the Jaguars recover a fumble and the offensive unit goes on and Minshew's the quarterback, oh, man, we're, like, riled up, right? Like, we're ready to, to yep. capitalize. We're, like, we're going to max out on this opportunity. I don't, I didn't get the sense with Bortles. How many times did we see <laughs> Jaguars oh, run, gosh, run onto yeah. the field after recovering a fumble <laughs> and then, uh, you know, three and out, four and out, whatever it's called, <laughs> and they're punting. And, punt. <laughs> and they're like, punting right they're back. back. like, really good field position to punt. <laughs> 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 um, so I oh, think okay. that would be the thing. I think we'd, we'd go up early uh and it would be with a little bit of luck. And we might go up f- not just seven, no. I think we'd go up like fourteen to nothing. Uh and then and then we'd have to ride that into halftime, then come out the second half. They'd make adjustments that would bring them a bit closer and we'd we really just have to outperform in some shape or fashion. So either those defensive ends, uh Allen and Chason are getting some really good looks at the quarterback. Um, maybe our secondary has sort of like a miraculous moment, a, a pick or two, which probably means they're gambling on their coverage. <laughs> 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 and um, and then on the offensive side, I'm not anticipating any of our running backs to have like breakout 60 yard all the way to the end zone runs. Yeah, um, if they did, it'd it be a big surprise to me. I think the the outplaying the Colts defense would be more in the air and. It would just be some, again, luck with deep balls and that kind of thing. So I think we definitely uh, are the underdog. And early events in the game will determine whether or not we win it. I don't anticipate a comeback victory.
1: Me neither. Okay. We can agree there. Perfect. So we're winning on Sunday. Let's move on.
0: So we're, wi- <laughs> so we're winning on Sunday. Yeah, that is our fantasy. <laughs> and speaking of fantasy, uh, moving on to your fantasy football picks from last weekend. Uh, you and your fantasy colleagues rented a cabin, is that right? In the mountains? Yeah, it was gorgeous, man. Ooh. There wasn't any wildfires near where you were.
1: No, there wasn't. It was actually pretty clear up there,
0: surprisingly.
1: So. Which.
0: And you beat the snow on the way back because it was. We got like six inches it's, of snow.
1: Yeah, it has. It snowed wow. here in Denver after a 90 degree day. Crazy stuff. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, Speaking of
0: crazy, how'd your fantasy football team shape up?
1: Well, so we did the draft on Saturday. A lot of us made the mistake on the Friday evening before to consume a lot of, <laughs> you know, drinks and okay. all kinds of stuff. Okay. So everyone was a little tired, but the draft went on. I ended up getting the number one pick and in which I picked Gardner Minshew, of course. You're kidding. That didn't happen. Okay. okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I picked McCaffrey. Yeah.
0: Okay. You got McCaffrey.
1: Got McCaffrey. Other than that, it was pretty good drafts. Some some folks did not have the best of drafts in our league, and we made fun of them like the whole rest of the night. Sorry, Arwa. Really sorry, our, our Texans friend. Yeah, his draft was a little funky. Overall, a good draft. I got I got some Jaguars on the team. Of course, I got one, two, maybe three. I got Minshew. I took Chris Thompson late. I took Chark a little earlier. And, of course, Josh Lambeau. So, I mean, all these guys were late except Char. But Josh Lambeau had to get him.
0: Good. Good snack.
1: On Saturday night, we're all, like, sitting around the TV after the Nuggets game watching highlights of people, and I pulled up a Josh Lambeau highlight tape, and it had everyone in the room just dying laughing of him making a field goal, <laughs> doing his same celebration, and hugging Calais after every single field goal he made. <laughs> Gonna miss that tradition. So, (laughs) shout out to Josh Lambo, best kicker in the league.
0: Yeah, I think he'll still do the celebration with his hands. He just has to hug someone different.
1: I think so too. Which is still gonna be heartbreaking, though,
0: especially with the risk of COVID transmission. (laughs) Just kidding. So, I mean, you guys obviously, as you're drafting for fantasy, you're looking at players all over the NFL. How how do you feel? What are what are some of the main stories that are on your mind now?
1: A couple of injuries have happened. If you didn't hear Von Miller, you know, he got hurt yesterday, some kind of ankle injury, and he's going to be out for the season. And it changed like the whole outlook for the Broncos and the local radio talked about how, you know, it changes a lot for the Broncos, which kind of tells the story of the league though. Like this is the NFL injuries happen and one big injury can hurt a team so much that it'll just boot them out of whole playoff contention, you know, which is why you can always be hopeful when it comes to football and there's no one on the Jaguars like if you like oh if we lose this guy it's over if we lose this guy it's over mm. we don't
0: I don't have that sense with the Jaguars. I think Joe Schobert would have a huge impact. I think he'd be a big one and 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 Minshew because he's the but. quarterback of the defense in a sense, right? And he's like I don't know if we've had since uh, since Puzlesny, I don't know if we've had a, a middle linebacker who's a middle linebacker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just in, you know, injuries happened. A couple guys retired today. Did you see Ryan Shazier retired? Oh well. Akib Talib retired. Oh man. Yeah. I mean two I mean Akib Talib's probably a Hall of Famer, so sad to see him go. He's pretty obnoxious on the field. Uh Jalen Ramsey got paid. No way. As a story. Ooh. Did you see that? No, he was the first it. um corner to get a hundred million plus. Ooh. He's the highest paid defensive back ever. But we saw this coming, didn't we? Like, we mm-hmm. knew when he would get paid, he'd be at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. And there it is. He got his payday. That's what he went over there for play for a good team, get paid a ton, and underproduce.
0: Wow. I, that's uh, kind of surprising to me because I thought he had, uh, I'd seen that he had like unfollowed the Rams on Twitter and been a little dramatic this last week. Maybe that was negotiation tactics.
1: You know him. He has all the moves. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. But I'm happy. I'm happy that he got paid. I mean, he does deserve it for sure, because I think he still is the best corner in the league. So,
0: All right. Well, any other thoughts as you get ready to hop on a plane and go to the East Coast?
1: I'm so excited for football to be back, and we have hope because it's week one. It's just been a while, man. I, I want to see how Gardner is in year two. I think everyone is kind of just looking forward to that. How will Gardner Minshew be? What, what kind of Minshew magic will be pulled off? overall i'm just excited to see football back and i'm glad you know they worked everything out with covid and jacksonville will be the only team on sunday that is uh hosting fans so
0: all right well uh duval go jacks sounds so excited thanks uh, everyone for joining us you can find the drunken jaguar podcast on twitter at junkendraguar i'm at well brown
1: and i'm at that youngest said and I'll see you guys when we are (laughs) 1-0. All right, so see you
0: in 2025. Go Jags. Go Jags.